Hello, local church. My name is Eden. I am so excited to be with you this Sunday, and I'm really stoked to be kicking off our new sermon series called Dusty Christians, um, which is new to us for this year, but actually last year, Pastor Levi taught this series as well. And we believe it is one of those foundational series of our church, um, of our Christian walk and Christian faith. And the topics in it are really relevant to us. And it's probably something we could hear over and over again. And so you're gonna hear from a couple of different teachers, including myself, um, with just their takes on these different topics. And we titled the series Dusty Christians because when Jesus was teaching and was on this earth and was walking around, um, the apostles would have walked behind him and they're in Israel and it's dusty and it's desert and uh, and the dust from Jesus' sandals would have kind of kicked back <laughs> onto them. Um, and we want to be like that. We want to walk in the footsteps of our Savior. We want to get what he has to offer us. Um, and so I just really think that this is going to be an exciting sermon series. And I'm thrilled that you're here with us and uh, with us for online church today. And um, today's topic is going to be on Jesus. And when I first heard that that was what I was going to be teaching on, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, how am I going to encapsulate the greatest story of all time in 35 minutes? <laughs> and I really felt like the Lord said, let's keep it simple. And I just asked him for some of the characteristics of him to kind of pull forward for this sermon. And there is so much more. I just want to say that. I will only be touching on a piece of it. Um, but if this stirs your interest, if all of a sudden you're like, I want to know more about this, I would encourage you, dig in, get into the word, read the gospels about the life of Jesus. Um, you know, there's a lot of great Bible studies and sermon series that you can listen to. Listen to Pastor Levi's uh, sermon on this from last year. There are a lot of resources and we want to help you get those resources if you're looking for them. Um, but this is not even going to scratch the surface <laughs> of who Jesus is. But I hope we'll pull forward a uh, an interest and, and connect with your heart um, as we just discover more about him. And so I'm going to pray for us, but first I want to read a scripture, and this is out of John 1, 6 through 18. It's a little bit long, but it's really beautiful. It says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. 
for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. That's John 1, 6 through 18. Father, we just invite you today, wherever we are, in our living rooms, in our kitchens, in our beds, <laughs> Lord, we just want to invite you to come and be with us. We welcome you to teach us today. Thank you that we get to learn more about Jesus, the one who saved us, the one who knows us. Thank you that when we get to know Jesus, we get to know ourselves better. And so we just invite you, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you rest with us? Would you meet us? Would we, you give us ears to hear and eyes to see today of your truth? We want to meet with you in your name. Amen. I've titled this sermon, He Is. And at first I was like, that's a really simple name. But I felt like the Lord said, yeah, I want it to be simple. Because the story of Jesus, while the most profound story of all time, is also very simple. And so I wanted to make that um, really clear even through this sermon. And so I'm going to have three points. And each one starts with he is. And so I hope that as we kind of go, you can follow along and, and kind of get these different facets of Jesus. And so this first point, if you're taking notes, is he is Emmanuel, God with us. And sometimes it's hard for us to understand, but Jesus was fully God, and yet he was fully man. He came down to earth. He was born in a manger. He was born into a sin-filled world in a barn, <laughs> nothing glamorous, nothing flashy. He was humble. And yet he came to relate to us. He is literally God come down from heaven here, dwelling with us. And that is a pretty incredible thought. Um, he's very relational. He wants to relate to you. That's why God sent his son here, so that there wouldn't be this, there's God and there's us, but there would be this bridge for us that we could that we could know that we have a God who understands us. And this is from Isaiah 61. And this is about Jesus. Um, Isaiah was a prophet and a lot of the prophecies that he spoke out foretold the coming of Jesus many, many, many years later. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair." They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That is what Jesus came to do. He came to set the captives free. He came to make the sick well. He came to bring hope for those who were hopeless and in despair. And the beauty is that because Jesus was relational, because he came to earth and became human, put on flesh, 
that he can relate to us in a way that no other God <laughs> in history um, could ever relate. And so that is the difference between Christianity and other religions that Jesus is so relatable. He wanted to be known by us. He is longing to be known by us. And that takes relationship. And so I think what's so incredible is that even though Jesus isn't walking on the earth here today, he died and he rose again, we still get to have that kind of relationship. We still get to have Emmanuel, God with us. And we get to have relationship with him. We get to know him, um, you know, it takes a little bit of work, just like any relationship does, to learn his voice, to learn what it looks like to be in his presence. You know, when you have a family member, let's say your mom calls you on the phone. She doesn't have to call you and you pick up and you say hello and she goes, hi, this is your mother speaking. <laughs> it's me calling. No, you can pick up that phone and she'll go, hey, and you'll know exactly who it is, right? Or anybody who's close to you, right? You know their voice because you've spent time with them. You've invested in relationship with them. And it's the exact same way with Jesus. We have to invest time to be with him so that we learn his voice so clearly. He's always wanting to get to know us. He's always wanting to be invited into more of our lives, but he will never push past our will and he will always wait for our invitation. And that is the beauty of who he is. He's a gentleman. He's a kind God. Um, you know, he's he. it says in his word that he stands at the door and he knocks. Doesn't say he barges in. <laughs> he will wait until we're ready, until we say, okay, I want to know you. I want to have relationship with you. How can you judge somebody? or decide about their character if you don't know them. And so I would challenge you that if if you're asking questions about Jesus or wanting, being like, why should I know him? Get to know him. Because the more you know about somebody, the more you understand their character, the more you want to be around them, <laughs> the more they make sense to you. And, uh, and I think it's the same with Jesus. You might be surprised with what you find. Um, we are to live like Jesus. You know, Jesus came to earth to be an example for us of how we're to live our lives, how we're to walk out our faith. Um, he showed us what it looked like to have a relationship with God. He showed us what it looked like to treat others with respect and love and honor. Um, he showed us what it looked like to pursue holiness. And sometimes that's a bit of a like uh, word, but holiness is a huge part of who Jesus was. He walked purely. He walked rightly. And purity isn't just about you know, oh, I don't, you know, say a bad word. Purity is about, or don't have sex. Purity is about, um, purity and holiness is about that, that relationship that, Lord, I don't want to grieve your heart. I don't want to grieve your heart. So I will, you know, make a different decision for myself. I want to follow your word because I know that there's blessing in that. I know that there's, you know, good things come when I honor you. That's what holiness is. Um, C.S. Lewis has a really wonderful quote, and it says, If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. And I think that's very true. You know, we get very focused on our earthly presence being here in the now, which there's nothing wrong with being a present person. Um, but 
Are we also thinking kingdom-minded? What comes after this life? What, what am I living for? What is my purpose here? Am I living a life that is to honor God, that is to build into his kingdom, um, to think of the heavenly things and not just the earthly things? We need both. And Jesus is the perfect personification of that. He had both. He had the holiness of God, of, of heaven, of that kind of power mixed with the reality that he was a human. He walked around in sandals and <laughs> and got dusty and and that's okay. That, that was the duality. And I think that's really beautiful that we get to then see that exemplified, that we have hope that we could even walk a, a right walk with the Lord. Because sometimes I think the idea of holiness or perfection, it feels so unattainable. But Jesus said, no, you're not going to be perfect. That's why you need me. <laughs> but I can teach you how to walk well. I can teach you how to get back up when you fall down. I know what that's like. You know, he is relational. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us today, yesterday, forever. It didn't, it didn't stop once Jesus left the earth. He continually is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. My second point as you're following around, along is uh, he is our savior redeemer. And this is a really important aspect of Jesus as well. It's the story of the cross. You know, Jesus was born. Emmanuel, he came down to earth. He lived among us. He did miracles among us. He, he taught us a new way of relating to God. And then he went to the cross and he died. And what we have to realize is that when he did that, there was an exchange that happened. A debt was paid. And we all had a debt. We had a debt of sin. And back in biblical times, there would have been um, a process to this as part of the law um, that, you know, to cleanse yourself from your sins, you would bring a sacrificial lamb to the temple and it would be sacrificed by the priests in a very particular way. But one of the things about it was that this lamb had to be spotless. It couldn't have a blemish. It couldn't have, you know, a weird gash on its leg or something. It had to be the perfect lamb. And once that they approved of your lamb, then they would sacrifice it for you. They would go before God on behalf of you to repent for your sins. And then you'd be cleansed and you could go on your way. It was a lot of work. <laughs> and Jesus came to remove that element. He became the sacrificial lamb. We all were in need of a sacrifice. We all were in need of a savior. And we would still be going to the temple to sacrifice lambs to today if he hadn't come down for us. So not only did he want to be relational, he wanted to get us to get to know him in that way, but he also wanted to come to save us. In John 14, 6, the word says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way to get right. There is no other way to get your sins forgiven. There is no other way to get to heaven. Jesus is the only way. And I want to make that really clear because I think there can be a lot of confusion, even in, you know, even in Christianity of, well, you know, maybe Buddha is the same or maybe Allah is the same as our God. 
they're not. And, you know, we can look at these other religions and actually see, if you compare them, that no other god sacrificed themselves for their people like ours did. And there is enough evidence on the earth um, that Jesus walked, that he lived. Historians will, you know, verify that as well. Um, but there is no other way to heaven. There is no other way to salvation but Jesus. And uh, there is actually a study I was doing in the Bible app, and the author wrote this. No other religion or philosophy offers intimacy by grace with the author of the universe. Only in Christianity do you hear about God making a final payment to cancel the debt of sin and offer forgiveness to everyone who receives it. How beautiful is that? <laughs> you know, when, when man was created and then in the garden, sin came in and we fell, we needed to be able to get back to that place. And only our God created a way for us to do that. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is not one person in our church, in your community, in anywhere <laughs> that has not sinned, that doesn't need a savior, that doesn't need Jesus. We all do. And I can remember when for myself, I kind of had that moment of realizing I was in need of a savior. I had grown up in the church. My parents were missionaries. Um, so I accepted Jesus very young. My dad led me in the sinner's prayer at five years old. And I, you know, I grew up in that. So of course I believed in Jesus. I believed in God. I believe he died for my sins, you know, all of those things. And I just want to say, sometimes it's actually harder <laughs> to, <laughs> to fully understand the power of the cross when you've grown up in the church because it's so familiar it becomes very familiar but it shouldn't it should never become familiar to us that jesus sacrificed himself for us never 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 and um and yet i think it had for me and i remember i was 13 years old my family was going through a really hard time my mom was really sick and my dad just wasn't super present and I remember being kind of at the end of myself. I didn't have anybody to turn to because we really didn't tell anybody outside of our family and maybe a few trusted counselors or a pastor of what was kind of happening in our home. But my home had become very unsafe and, and very scary. And, and I remember having this moment where I went into my bedroom. I was overwhelmed with what was going on. I had a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. And I remember falling to my knees and I remember God showing me, it was like I was at a crossroad and he said, you could go down one way and figure out a lot of ways to numb the pain you're feeling, to, you know, turn to sex, turn to food, turn to drugs, whatever it was. There are a lot of things you could do to get through. Or you could choose me and watch and see what I'm going to do. And I remember in that moment sitting there, but it, it wasn't like he was forcing me. He wasn't threatening me. It was just like he presented the options and he waited for me. And it was so kind and so loving. And I remember sitting on my knees in my bedroom 
And I remember going, Lord, there is no one else for me but you. Like, I am going to be all in. Like, I accept you for real. Like, I want to know you because I think you're the only thing that's going to get me out of this place and out of this emotional state that I'm in. And I remember after that, everything changed. Not necessarily my physical circumstances. My family was still really messy. But I began to love reading the word of God. I couldn't get enough of it. I would get into my bunk bed at night and I would read it and I would take index cards and I would write scriptures that were speaking to me on them and I'd stick them like in the slats above the bunk beds, you know, those like the wood slats. And I'd tuck them in there until like literally the entire bunk bed was covered in scripture index cards. And I would just lay on my bed and I would read them over and over again and I'd pray them over myself. And it was when God made himself real to me and I knew that I knew I had a relationship with him. It wasn't just lip service. It wasn't just, this is what my parents have always done. It was real to me and I knew him and I accepted Jesus into my heart for real. And I wanted him to not only just be my savior, but my Lord. I wanted him, I wanted to follow in his ways. I wanted to understand him more. I wanted to understand why he asks us to do the things he does. And it was a very special time doesn't mean that we life is rainbows and butterflies now that we accept Jesus. That's not necessarily the case. I had a lot of years after that that it took for my family to heal and kind of be healthy again. Um, but he's in it with us. He wants to be in it with you. He wants to be not only your savior, but he wants to be your Emmanuel, your God with you. Um, you know, Jesus loved everyone. He was a friend of sinners. He came for the sick, not the healthy. He says that in his word. You know, he he loved everybody, but he also won't condone our sin. It's why we needed a savior because we were sinful and and he can't condone our sin. So while yes, absolutely, Jesus calls us to love everyone, that doesn't mean that he will stand with everyone's sin. And there's a difference. And uh, And so sometimes his love comes as correction. Sometimes it comes as discipline. Sometimes it comes, but not discipline in the way that maybe we think about it in a worldly sense, like a spanking or something, but discipline in his kindness of saying, that's not okay. You know, or, hey, you need to go apologize to that person for that thing you said. You know, like it's always loving. It's always kind, but he will, he will keep us accountable too. John 16, three, sorry, John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. It does not matter what you have been through. He has overcome it. Doesn't matter what you're walking through right now. He can overcome it. And he has come for us to have peace. When we accept him into our lives, something changes in our hearts. There's an exchange there. And we get to now have a friend who walks with us, who's present with us, who saves us. And we are all in need of a savior. Whether you've grown up in the church, whether you've never heard about Christianity in your life, we are all in need of the same savior. He is our friend. And, you know, I think I love looking at the Bible and seeing all the different people that Jesus 
met with related to people that others really judged him for. He would go and sit with tax collectors at dinner. And, you know, tax collectors were like a no-no in Jewish culture because they were the ones that would tax the people, their own people, and charge them way more than what they should have and cheat them and all these things. But Jesus would go and he would love on those people. He didn't condone their sin. He would call them out on it. (laughs) But he would love them and sit and have a meal with them. You know, he, there was prostitutes that came. There was one that came and wept at his feet and, and with her hair dried his feet, you know, but he, he loved on her because that was who he was. He wants to get into the mess with us. He wants to be present with us because he came to save us, not just to make us perfect, not just for the good, the good Christian people that he come. He came for everybody. He came for you. My third point today is he unites us to the Father. He is the bridge. And this is from John 14, 6 through 7. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do not Sorry, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus exemplifies the Father, Father God. And, you know, we have the Trinity. We have Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God the Father. And a lot of times I like to ask people, you know, if you had three doors labeled with those names, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, which would you run to first? And a lot of times, most people will say Jesus. Because, you know, Holy Spirit is kind of like that weird cousin at a reunion where you're like, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't trust you. (laughs) We'll see. You could be wild. And then you have the father who, you know, for a lot of us, father maybe hasn't been a safe word. Maybe our fathers weren't present in our lives. Maybe they were emotionally absent. Maybe our fathers were abusive, you know. And so the idea of a father isn't really appealing. And yet, The whole purpose of Jesus coming to save us was so that we could be united to the Father. He knew that that was the most integral relationship we could ever have because a father is where we find identity. It's where we find out who we are. And that's true even of our earthly dads. You know, our parents are to be the first reflection of God the Father that we get on this earth. Now, unfortunately, people have free will choice and make really poor choices. And we don't have perfect parents because they're human, just like any of us. Even those of us who have had great parents, they're still human and they're still flawed, right? Um, And so we don't get the perfect image of a father through them always. And so then we filter how we see God the Father through those same eyes. But actually, when Jesus came, he came to show us what the perfect father looked like. So even if we couldn't quite yet walk through that father door, we could walk through the Jesus door and go, oh, this is safe. I'm okay. I'm loved here. Which means if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the father. He is safe. And that's where we get to go to find out who we are. We get to find out our identity. And so that's a really beautiful, beautiful facet of Jesus, that he is that bridge to the father. Um, we can't talk about Jesus without talking about the Father. It is part of that reality. You know, when 
Satan came and tempted Adam and Eve in the garden. At the time, they were connected to God the Father. They were, they were joined with him. They would walk with him and talk with him. And there was perfection and beauty. And then Satan came. He tempted them. They gave in to sin. And that connection between man and the Father was broken in that moment. What should have stayed, that, that beautiful connection, that beautiful tie got broken because sin was never meant to enter the picture. And it separates us from God. It's why when we're walking in sin and walking in stuff, we go, why can't I hear God? Why is he not close to me? But the sin is separating us. And so when Jesus came, he came to be that sacrificial lamb, to be that savior, to come and and make a sacrifice on behalf of us with his very life, dying the most painful death we could ever experience, crucified on a cross, nails in his hands and his feet and a crown of thorns on his head after being beaten and put up there naked to be shamed. His perfect death was what his blood, his perfect blood that was shed was what then created uh, an opportunity for us to be connected back to the Father. Now we no longer had this wall of the law and sin in our way. We could now come to him ourselves. He could dwell with us, in us. And we get that connection back like it was in the garden. Now, is sin still in this world? Yes, absolutely. Will it still try and come between that relationship between us and the Father? Yes. But it's the beauty of the fact that when Jesus died on the cross, it was one and done, which means that we get to go back to that and we get to keep going, Jesus, I'm sorry. Would you would you forgive me for my sin? Father, forgive me for my sin. Connect me back to you. You know, he is always there, ready to connect with us again. And sometimes that sin can separate us, but then we just get it right. Forgiveness and repentance are the biggest keys to healing. When we offer forgiveness, when we ask for repent or ask for forgiveness, those are the moments that the enemy loses his ground. It breaks. His power breaks in our lives. We got to be humble, you know, to do that and humbly come before the Lord and say, hey, I've messed up. I sinned. I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me? And right there, that connection is established again. How beautiful is that? And thankfully, we have the, the model of Jesus who was so humble um, to show us what that kind of humility looks like. This is a quote from Blaise Pascal, and uh, he writes, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man which cannot be filled by any created thing, but only by God, the creator, made known through Jesus. And I think that is so true, that there is a, a God-shaped vacuum in all of our hearts that needs to be filled. And we might try to fill it with so many different things. We might try to fill it with love, with French, friendships, with sex, with drugs, with alcohol, with Netflix, <laughs> but nothing can fill that vacuum like Jesus can. And if you're searching today and you're wondering, you know, why can I never get this filled? Why do I feel so disconnected from the Father? I just want to give you hope. I want to give you hope today that there is a God who loves you, who wants to be known by you, wants to save you 
have relationship with you and wants to connect you to your, your true perfect heavenly father who knows you better than you know yourself and can tell you all about who you are. One of my favorite stories from the Bible is the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And this woman came, she had been bleeding for 12 years. Imagine that, 12 years. Basically, she had had her period for 12 years straight. She had gone to doctor after doctor after doctor, spent all of her money trying to find a way to heal what was obviously not right. And nobody could give her an answer. Imagine how discouraged she was. And she went to um, like a marketplace or any kind of a public setting at that time, because again, they were under the law of Moses. And if a woman was bleeding around her period, she was considered unclean and because you couldn't touch blood. Um, and so it meant that if you touched a woman while she was on her period, you then would have to go cleanse yourself, however long that kind of took or that process was. And so usually women would kind of hide away for that week. But she had been bleeding for 12 years. So imagine her friends, her family, her kids, her parents, you know, none of them could touch her or like come too close to her. If she went into a marketplace or anywhere public, she would have to cry out unclean, unclean. Imagine making that declaration over yourself over and over again. I am unclean. I'm unclean. You'd be so discouraged and believing that there was no hope for you. But then she, she went to Jesus. And it was a day that was busy and there were a lot of crowds pressing in because they all wanted to hear Jesus. They wanted to be healed by Jesus. And this woman went into the crowd, even though she knew she wasn't supposed to. And she just touched the hem of his garment and she was healed. And I want to play, uh, there's a beautiful TV show called The Chosen. If you have not watched it yet, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. They're on season three. Um, it's all been crowdfunded and they are just a beautiful ministry. And their stories of Jesus are really well done. Um, but they portray this scene in one of their episodes and so we're just going to play that uh, before we kind of close here. Um, so we're going to throw that video on the screen now for you to watch. Now. Everybody back. They all have. Someone touched me. I felt that power went out of me. Whoever touched me, come forward. Teacher. 
it was me. Just the fringe of your garment, only the edge, I promise. You are not unclean. Why my garment? I'm sorry. I, I know I should have asked. But if, if you touched me, it would make you ritually unclean according to the law. I, I was sick. I was sick for 12 years. I bled and, and, and no one could stop it. But, but I believed if I could just touch a piece of your garment. <laughs> I was right. I was right. Thank you. Who told you I could heal? A man from the pool. And he was right. The blood is ceased. My daughter. I'm no one's daughter anymore. Look up. Yes, you are. Daughter. It wasn't my piece of clothing that healed you. But it was instant. I felt it right away. I know, but it wasn't this. It was your faith. Teacher, she was bleeding so long. We can take her. She is clean. You have blessed me today. And I know. My daughter, I know it has been a fight for you for so long. You must be exhausted. Go now in peace. Your faith has made you well. I wish I could stay here longer. But I have business to attend to. Someone else has faith like yours. I'm so glad that we found each other. I love that scene because there's so many beautiful moments, but I love when Jesus reaches out and touches her face because remember, this woman hasn't been touched in 12 years. It's the idea of someone drawing that close and saying, you know, daughter. You know, Jesus could have just healed her she could have touched his robe and he could have just kept going and that was it, right? But instead, he stopped everything. He was on his way to heal a dead girl. <laughs> he stopped everything and, and got down to her level. And not only did he heal her, but he went right for her identity. Where she had been known only as unclean, he called her daughter. What's a daughter? Someone you know, someone you love, someone you cherish, someone that's yours. You know, when you're a father, your daughter is, is yours. You love her, you wanna take care of her, you wanna protect her. She's cherished. And that's what Jesus did. He exemplified the father in that moment to her. 
reminded her of her identity. And that is truly beautiful, but sometimes it takes us reaching out just like she did, you know? She had to reach out, she had to go into the crowd and reach out and touch that hem of his garment. Maybe he's asking you to touch the hem of his garment today. That small step of reaching out, you know, it's probably only about this much of garment that she touched, but it was enough. And I just wanna say that it's enough for you today too. Jesus is big enough to meet you wherever you're at. So I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna pray for two groups of people today. The first group is if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you the opportunity today to get to know him, a relational God who wants to be known by you, wants to be in relationship with you. And then the second group is gonna be anybody that even though you've maybe known Jesus a long time, Maybe you've known him for a year. Maybe you've known him for six months. Maybe you've known him your whole life. But you need a touch from Jesus today. You need to touch his hem. Maybe even just to be reminded <laughs> of the power of what he did for you. Then I'm going to just pray for you. But before I pray, I want to just read this scripture. John 3, 16 through 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Amen. So I'm gonna pray for anyone now who would like to know Jesus and invite him as savior into your life. And we're gonna pray this prayer together. So I'll pray it and you can pray it after me. Lord Jesus, I am in need of a savior. I am in need of you. I invite you into my heart. I recognize my sin and I repent of it to you and I receive your forgiveness. Would you come and teach me more about you and your love? Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross so that I could be set free. Amen and amen. Congratulations, that is a prayer that you will never regret. It is the greatest decision you could ever, ever, ever make. Now I'm gonna pray for anybody in that second group um, who maybe, maybe you've just forgotten. <laughs> maybe you've forgotten the power of what Jesus did for you on that cross that day. Maybe you've forgotten what it's like to be in relationship with him. Maybe you're in need of a physical touch from him today, a, a mental or emotional or financial touch from him today. He is a good and faithful God and he longs to meet with you. And so I'm just gonna pray for you today and then we'll close. Father, I thank you for every person who is listening to this message. Thank you, Jesus that you are such a good and faithful savior. Thank you that you want to meet with us. You want to be in relationship with us. Lord, we just wanna welcome you today to meet us wherever we're at, whatever we're asking of you, Lord. Each person, you know what's in their hearts, Lord, individually. And Lord, thank you that you're, you're never <laughs> don't have time for us, Lord. You wanna meet us in every little thing. 
Forgive us where we don't always invite you in. But Lord, today we want to choose to invite you in. We want to choose to reach out for that robe and believe that you are big enough and good enough. Thank you that you choose to save us. Thank you that you choose to be in relationship with us, Lord. Would you remind our hearts today what it's like to really know you? Would you maybe remind us of that salvation moment when we chose you as our own? Would you come and soften our hearts where they've grown familiar or hardened even to you? We need you, Lord. I pray for those who are asking for a physical healing today. Lord, thank you that you know our bodies. And so, Father, would you meet those who are whose bones are tired, <laughs> whose you know, body are in need of a touch from their God of healing, Lord. We ask for your healing today. Lord, for those who need breakthrough financially, Lord, would you remind them that you are their provider? You know every need they have. Lord, I ask for those who are asking for mental and emotional healings today, Lord. Thank you that you know exactly what it was like to have pain, to have to walk through grief, heartbreak. Lord, thank you that not one thing that we experience on this earth have you not experienced. Jesus, we are so grateful that you have come to be the one who can say, I know what that's like, and I can carry that for you. So Lord, would we even be able to lay our burdens down to you today? We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your sacrifice, and we thank you that we get to know you today. Would you reveal more about who you are to us? In your name, amen. Well, thank you for tuning in for church today. It has been a pleasure to be with you. And I am so excited to see um, all that the Lord has in store over these next couple of weeks. Alicia is going to be teaching on the Holy Spirit uh, for next Sunday. It's going to be amazing. Tyler after that. And it's just going to be a really incredible ser uh, sermon series. So I'd encourage you tune in and uh, we'll see you next Sunday, church. Bye.